This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder our Sunday Mass readings. I'm Dina Marie. It's the third Sunday of Easter, year A, April 23rd, 2023 is this Sunday. And what's beautiful again is if we keep looking at the continuity of the readings from the daily readings in the season of Easter, we're getting these amazing accounts from the Acts of the Apostles. And certainly on the Sundays of Easter, we have these powerful stories of recognizing Jesus, of seeing the risen Lord in this time of resurrection. It's not like after the 50 days of Easter is over, we shouldn't be thinking of the resurrection of the Lord. We should always be living in the truth of the resurrection of the Lord. And so we're going to hear today again, another very powerful account of what happens when we don't recognize Jesus, when we are so broken, when we are so focused on the world and on what the world's headlines say, that even if Jesus is standing in our midst, we don't see him, we don't recognize him until we see the brokenness of Jesus on the cross, until we recognize his body, blood, soul, and divinity has been shed for us. And when we receive that truth, then we recognize in the breaking of the bread, in the eating of Jesus's body and blood in the Holy Eucharist, in receiving the truth that comes in the word of God, there is power. So today there is a message of brokenness and being ransomed. So let's get into the readings today. As I mentioned, the Acts of the Apostles is primary during this time of Easter. So we go to the first reading. It's the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, a reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed, You who are Jews, indeed all of you staying in Jerusalem, Let this be known to you and listen to my words. You who are Israelites, hear these words. Jesus, the Nazarene, was a man commended to you by God with mighty deeds, wonders, and signs, which God worked through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This man, delivered up by the set plan and foreknowledge of God, you killed, 
using lawless men to crucify him. But God raised him up, releasing him from the throes of death, because it was impossible for him to be held by it. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me. With him at my right hand, I shall not be disturbed. Therefore, my heart has been glad and my tongue has exalted. My flesh, too, will dwell in hope because you will not abandon my soul to the netherworld, nor will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. My brothers, one can confidently say to you about the patriarch David that he has died and was buried and his tomb is in our midst today. But since he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn an oath to him, that he would set one of his descendants upon his throne, he foresaw and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that neither was he abandoned to the netherworld, nor did his flesh see corruption. God raised this Jesus. Of this we are all witnesses. Exalted at the right hand of God, he received the promise of the Holy Spirit from the Father and poured him forth as you see and hear. The word of the Lord. Our psalm is Psalm Psalm 16, Lord, you will show us the path of life. Keep me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, my Lord are you, O Lord, my allotted portion and my cup. You it is who hold fast my lot. Lord, you will show us the path of life. I will bless the Lord who counsels me. Even in the night, my heart exhorts me. I set the Lord before me. With him at my right hand, I shall not be disturbed. Lord, you will show us the path of life. Therefore, my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body, too, abides in confidence because you will not abandon my soul to the netherworld, nor will you suffer your faithful ones to undergo corruption. Lord, you will show us the path of life. You will show me the path to life, abounding joy in your presence, the delights at your right hand forever. Lord, you will show us the path of life. Our second reading comes from the first letter of Peter, chapter 1. Beloved, if you invoke as father him who judges impartially according to each one's works, conduct yourselves with reverence during the time of your sojourning. Realize that you were ransomed from your feudal conduct, handed on by your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, of a spotless, unblemished lamb. He was known before the foundation of the world, but revealed in the final time for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope 
are in God. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading is taken from Luke chapter 24, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus, and they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place there in these days? And he replied to them, What sort of things? They said to him, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people. How our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us that they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described, but him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! How slow of heart! to believe all the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on farther. But they urged him, stay with us for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us? while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us. So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven and those with them who were saying, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
I love that account, the walk to Emmaus. But before we go into that, I, I want to mention a couple of things that just, these are reminders as we go into sacred scripture of who Jesus is, of how much he loves us, about the truth of the life, the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus is. And here's Peter in the, well, actually, let me go back to the, going to the the reading from Peter, but let's go to the Acts of the Apostles. Here's Peter again. And, And imagine, again, a man who came from a fishing village, his main work and livelihood through his adult life has been fishing. This is what he's known, not to be an eloquent debater or speaker or to have confidence in groups of people as a leader of people, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the encounter with Jesus himself, here's Peter Peter speaking up and speaking the truth. And once we encounter the truth, the truth, not my truth, not your truth, not his truth, not the world's truth. No, the truth, goodness, truth, beauty of God. We speak a different way. We act a different way. We have a confidence, not in ourselves, not in my doctorate, not in the the classes that I studied and the background that I have or the bank account that I have. No, I have confidence in Christ. And so here is Jesus, here is here is Peter that, it, it, I mean, speaking. And what is he saying? He's not saying his own words. He's speaking what happened. I'm basically telling you what happened to this man, to this divine man, son of God, Jesus. What happened? That he has been risen from the dead. And even through, he mentions David, he mentions the prophets, we go back in time in the prophecies that there would be Jesus and he would be raised from the dead. And it says his closing part of his talk here that we get today, God raised this Jesus. Of this, we were all witnesses. You know, you saw it, you know. He received the promise of the Holy Spirit from the Father. Here's the relationship of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father that poured him forth. This is is what you saw and heard comes from the Holy Trinity itself. And Peter can only speak the truth because that's what he encountered, the truth. And as we seek the truth, And people are seeking the truth, even those that are vile and in dark places. Their core is to seek the truth. And we have to stand in our daily lives and what we're doing in the truth and recounting the truth of Jesus Christ. The psalm is so beautiful. Lord, you will show us the path of life. I bless the Lord who counsels me. You know, the counsel comes from the Holy Spirit, that wisdom, that knowledge, that fear of the Lord, this comes from a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We have confidence because of the relationship we have in the Holy Spirit. And here's the letter uh, of St. Peter. And actually, I want to take a little dive into this 
commentary of St. Peter, the letter. And if you remember last week, we heard the beginning of the first letter of St. Peter in the first chapter and the first verses. And so we're coming into the end of the first chapter. And I want to go back a few sentences because it makes this particular part of what we heard in first Peter come alive because it says here in first Peter, the first chapter, verse 13, therefore gird up the loins of your mind, live soberly and set your hopes a completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The speaker's talking about how we're to live a Christian life. Gird up your loins of your mind, that our mind should be one with Christ, not of the world, not of the emperor of the day, no, but of Christ. Like obedient children, do not act in compliance with the desires of your former ignorance. Instructing the ignorant is one of the works of mercy. And in the letter of 1 Peter, don't go to your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, because God is holy, because Jesus Christ is the son of God is holy, be holy yourselves in every aspect of your conduct. This is in the letter of 1 Peter, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. And then it goes into the context that we read today in the liturgy. If you invoke as father, him who judges impartially according to each one's works, conduct yourselves with reverence. Maybe another word you could think of today is with awe. You know, that awe, I have that seascape behind me. That was the awe that led me to ask the questions, to seek the truth. To I was around this beauty of the Pacific Northwest. I lived around it. I, I woke up every morning and I literally was on a cliff. I lived on a cliff at the edge of the ocean. And I looked up every morning for nine months. I lived in this home at the, at the hospitality and the invitation of a retired couple who let me live in a little part of their home as a young person. And I saw this beautiful, the sunrise and the sunset at an image like this. And I was in awe. It's that reverence and awe of God. And I had to know who made this, you know, and that led me, it was another almost nine years that it took for me to come into the Catholic church from having that experience of experiencing awe, a, a wonder of something that was beyond my understanding. And that's the awe, the beauty, the good, the truth of God. And so in first Peter, it says, conduct yourselves with reverence during the time of your sojourning of your life, of your daily vocation. This is, this is how we should live every minute of our lives in awe and reverence of the risen Lord. Realizing if we realize that we were ransomed, we were ransomed from death and destruction from Jesus Christ and his blood poured out on the cross. Realizing that you were ransomed from your futile conduct 
handed on by your ancestors. This has been prophesied from generation to generation up until this point of when Mary said yes to the angel Gabriel and the incarnation happened in a moment in time and history. But with the precious blood, you were ransomed not by gold or silver, but by the precious blood of Christ as of a spotless, unblemished lamb. Remember that. And this is the power of this first chapter in 1 Peter. This passage reminds us, it says in the commentary, that as we are all converts, whether you were born and raised Christian your whole life, you're converts as you're converted into being holy as God is holy, as you recognize that and you take that on in your life. And particularly for the converts that this author is, is speaking to, you must persevere. There's such an urgency to persevere in the mind of God and to be holy, the reverence as the gracious God whose foreknowledge chose them, chose the first Christians, will judge them impartially. Hence, their conversion faith must be supplemented by hope in God who will raise the dead and judge them. And we just witnessed in the Archdiocese of Portland over 700 people coming into the Catholic faith at the Easter Vigil. I witnessed in my own local parish about 15 men and women being uh, coming in. Several of those, at least seven of those were baptized adults and another handful of about another eight or nine young people baptized, received their first Holy Communion. Christians gain a new family. Sometimes, and particularly for converts, we may be the only Catholic in our family if we convert as an adult. For children, it may be that their whole family is Christian. But the truth is that when we come into the Catholic faith and receive our first Holy Communion, we have a new family. Don't ever think that you are alone. You have a family that is yours through a genuine love of God. And your conversion, our conversion is a new birth into a new family, and it's a new way of living. We're called to a different way of life. When you receive that first Holy Communion, every Sunday, not in a rule way, you're obligated, but we're obligated now to receive the Holy Eucharist every Sunday and as often as we can. We're obligated to repent of our sins and take those sins through the sacrament of reconciliation to receive the graces that are given to us by God through the priest, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Faith will endure forever for God is forever faithful. If we continue to enkindle that faith, our God is a trustworthy and living and loving God. Our God is an awesome God. Your God, our God, the God. One holy Catholic and apostolic church is what we believe. Take these readings, absorb these readings, spend time in these readings of the Acts of the Apostles, of the first letter of Peter, of, of our gospel reading, the walk to Emmaus, final message about the walk to Emmaus. Here were these two. They had just witnessed 
and they had spent time. They were, these were disciples of Jesus. They had spent time. We don't know if it was a full three years with Jesus, but they spent time getting to know the man named Jesus, what his role in his place. They said, we put hope in this, that he would be the one. But yet they were, they were commiserating. They put their heads down. And as they were leaving and walking to Emmaus, they forgot the hope. They forgot the time that Jesus said, remember that I will be crucified so I can rise on the third day and that, that God will be glorified in my death and passion. But that is for the, the salvation of the world. They forgot that. They were focused on themselves. Their heads were bent down low. Here comes Jesus and they can't even recognize them because they're so stuck on their own way of thinking. They're not thinking as God thinks. They're not allowing God to stretch their minds. And then what does Jesus do with his love and mercy? He opens up the scriptures. He opens up every moment from the beginning of the book to the very end of where he is being mentioned, the resurrection, the hope, and through the breaking, breaking through, we have to break through the brokenness of people with the word of God. And then he closes that by breaking the bread, by bringing Holy Eucharist to them and reminding them, my body was broken for you. And then they go back with joy and they share with the other disciples, yes, Jesus has been risen from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Christ is truly risen. He is risen from the dead. Alleluia. Alleluia. Let us continue to proclaim that in our actions, in our words, our deeds, and most especially in our thoughts. Peace be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.